welcome to the DJ Force X podcast, episode nine. And on this one, I chat with the one and only Andrew WK. I met up with him last week at State Theatre uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, it was a great honor to meet him. Um, I've been a fan for a very long time. His music is just so uplifting and just balls to the wall fun. And uh, yeah, um, it's a bit of a short interview just purely because I didn't have much time with him. Um, but I got out as much as I could. I also apologize for the sound quality because it was in a very echoey room. Um, like I said, it was at a venue. But yeah, here's Andrew WK. Enjoy. in St. Petersburg, Florida, um, and I have a man that is the face of all that is party and positive vibes, Mr. Andrew WK, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for that kind introduction. Yeah, no problem. How are you today? Feeling very good. It's great to be in Florida. Uh, as you may or may not be aware, m- most of my band and my early days as doing Andrew WK began in Florida, especially as far as the live touring world uh, goes. This is where we launched everything. So it's always a special homecoming, uh, very personal feeling for me to be down here. I love, 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 love Florida. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. So first off, uh, I just want to say your music has had a great effect on my life, um, professionally and personally. Uh, 2003, when The Wolf came out, that came at a time when I was going through a breakup, a long-term relationship breakup, and uh, it helped me get through it. Because uh, I always throw myself into music, and that was the album that was on constantly. That piano intro uh, was fantastic, and uh, yeah, I, I, just I, I don't. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, truly happy to hear that. That especially considering that the the music definitely was made with that in mind. I'm, uh, you know, speaking for myself. That's that's how I wanted to feel from listening to well to music in general. I've always turned to music in that same way uh, to make you feel better, um, and wanted to definitely make songs that were specifically tailored with that in mind, like from the beginning. So it wasn't just a fluke if it happened to have an uplifting feeling. I wanted it to really be like this go-to power source. So the fact that it worked for you in that way means a great deal. Thank you for letting yeah. it into your life and allowing it to, to be that for you. Yeah, no problem. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, also, on, on the professional side, I was uh, a DJ back in the UK, a club DJ. Okay. And whenever I played Party Hard, the whole place just went off. Well, that so. means a lot to me, especially, you know... You, I mean, there's all different kinds of club nights, of course, and parties and DJs, and uh, a lot of them do play rock music, but I always had dreamed that Party Hard and a lot of these songs would have some element that allowed them to, you know, not clash too much with regular dance music. Mm -hmm. And so that four on the floor beat hopefully uh, allows it to inhabit that space. And the fact that you played it again, thank you very much for for playing it in those nights. I mean, it's a party song, so you hope it gets played at parties. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely different than, than techno. And I love techno. That was a huge, always been a big inspiration of mine, that very pure, driving, propulsive energy. And I wanted to incorporate that, you know, with guitars, basically. Excellent. No, that's, uh, no, it's, it's really cool. Um, so, right, uh, you're on your ninth album. Is that right? Wow. No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, it depends what you count as albums. I would say that there are, you know, Two 
well, three Andrew W.K. proper albums mm-hmm. that, that m- most people I would think would consider like the main albums, and then there's a bunch of other recordings. Okay, um, you know, there's like a piano album, there's uh, cover albums, there's sort of like oddball singles and EPs and collections and things like that. Um, but I would say like three, you know, proper rock and roll party albums. When did uh, music start to play a major part in your life? Was it something you were kind of born into or was it something you gravitated to? Well, I guess both. I mean, uh, I started with piano lessons very early on, you know, around age four or five years old. And so that was, you know, I was like learning to ride a bike or learning how to spell or, you know, one of those sort of fundamental skills that you start off with so early. I can't really remember a time where there wasn't a piano somewhere in my life. But I never really thought that it would become the centerpiece of all my efforts otherwise, you know, like a career or uh, propel me into these adventures. I just always liked music and figured it would always would be part of my life no matter what I did. Yeah. I, mean, I thought I would do something more like, I don't know, uh, you know, like painting or architecture, maybe something creative, hopefully, yeah. but... Uh, it wasn't until I moved to New York where I realized that, you know, destiny, what you're meant to do, isn't always something that you think of yourself. It kind of reveals itself to you and pulls you along. And I feel like that's what kind of happened. It was, it was something that was always there, but yeah. I didn't really notice it until uh, the world pulled it out of me. Cool, cool. Um, how, do you, how do you sustain your enthusiasm um, in the music industry? Because it's such well, a cutthroat that's place. That's a great question. So. And it, it's definitely a challenging world within, a, within itself and, and, and different realms within that. But I think, fortunately, the very phenomenon of music itself, as you began with this whole interview talking about, music itself is so powerful that it literally gives you the fuel to deal with all the other stuff in life anyway, including yeah. the business or the industry or, you know, the regular trials and tribulations of any work that you want to do. The one thing that I can always count on in the midst of all of this is that feeling that music gives me. Yeah. Uh, and knowing that I can count on it, knowing that it doesn't go away or sometimes it doesn't work. It's one of the few things in life that always works every single time. It's kind of like water. Like yeah. if I'm thirsty, I know that if I drink water every time, it will quench my thirst. Mm-hmm. And music has that effect on my soul. Excellent, excellent. So um, I just seen you've been announced for the Download Festival in yes. the UK, uh, which is pretty awesome. Thank you. Um, uh, what other plans do you have for 2015? I know you've got a couple of dates coming up after this one. Uh, I think you go on. Is it the Miami to? Yeah, we go to Orlando, then Miami, and then on our first ever cruise that's it, the cruise the ship yeah. rocked yes. which is a huge first time for us and download festival that's our first time ever playing download oh, really? festival yeah oh, okay we've wanted oh. to do it for i mean the last 15 years yeah so this is a huge opportunity obviously we're very excited after all these years to keep getting to do new things to keep adding to our experiences but uh, as far as the rest of the year i want to make a new album i want to f- finish writing my book writing a book about partying and the, you know, parting philosophy. Yeah. Uh, And then at the same time, who knows what will happen? Because as much as I have tried to control my life and plan things out, I used to think I was in control of everything. Like I would set goals and do these things. And to some degree I did. But the longer everything's gone on, and even when I'm very honest with myself and think back, there's always been something else pulling me. Kind of like, again, like that destiny idea where it's like the path, as much as you're charting your own path, 
the path is revealing itself to you as you go and pulling you. So I'm getting pulled. And yeah. who knows where I'll get pulled to next. That's why there's things I want to do. But at the end of the day, I, the party gods will tell me what to do, and I always obey them. Cool. Excellent. Because no, I was going to say, um, you opened for Sabbath, didn't you? Last Was it last year as a DJ? Was that right? 2013. 2013. Sorry. No, no. It, it's, I thought actually it was last year, too, until New Year's came, and I realized, <laughs> holy smokes, that was a whole other year ago. You know how time flies like yeah, that. How, how was that? How did you prepare yourself for something like that? It's like coming oh, for, like DJing something in front of a Sabbath audience. I mean, it was talk about just overwhelming in every regard just to be invited to do anything with black Sabbath, especially on that tour was just, you know, why me? Like, that's what I kept thinking is how anybody, I mean, just literally millions of people would have given anything to be able to be part of that in any capacity, let alone be the opening act. Uh, but then they wanted me specifically to DJ. They didn't want a band, yeah. uh, my band or any band. They said they wanted someone who played, the songs that the crowd would love, you yeah. know, and so basically I got to play my favorite, everyone's favorite heavy metal songs and then see the kings of heavy metal actually take the stage. It was just like a dream. The whole thing was like a fantasy and it, it never stopped feeling like that. Even by the last day on the tour, it actually, it actually felt more like that. It like the pinch me, is this really happening? Mm-hmm. But I just tried to get, you know, the best selection of songs I could. And I worked with Sharon and the team that they had there to make sure that they were happy with the songs as well. And, I mean, it just that's those are those moments in life that uh, don't make any sense in yeah. the best way. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And you also got to play in a band with one of the Ramones, is that right? Oh yes, yes. Marky Ramone. We just played a few days ago, actually. Marky Ramone, of course, is the longest drummer the Ramones ever had. Mm. Tommy, who unfortunately recently passed away far too young, was the original drummer. Then handed over the drumsticks to Marky when uh, Tommy decided he'd rather work in the studio more. But uh, Marky really took that opportunity for all it was worth and uh, embraced that amazing style of drumming that Tommy invented, which is, you know, just one of the most specific and subtle yet challenging drumming styles. Because I hear a lot of, like we all do, we hear a lot of great drummers, a lot of great punk drummers. Mm. But there's something about the way that Marky plays those beats that, you know, Tommy also did. It's, I think it's mainly that the hi-hat, a lot of punk bands will play, but it's really, the hi-hat, you can't just swing the hi-hat into a blur. What gives it that fast feeling is actually it pulling back, not being quite so fast, and really pumping those eighth notes. Anyway, so yeah, Marky asked me to be his singer. He does a band called the Blitzkrieg, Marky Ramones Blitzkrieg. Travels all over the world playing Ramones' classic songs. I mean, we did 36 songs at our last show. Awesome. And getting to sing those songs, I mean, that's, again, just yeah. I can't believe that I have gotten the chance to do it. <laughs> I'm very humbled by these opportunities. feel very, very thankful. Excellent. No, that sounds really cool. Um, a lot of artists uh, go through stages of, like, reinvention or um, through either image or musical style. Um, has that ever, like, have you ever contemplated doing the same? Or are you just... Because... I mean, you're doing a lot, and it's getting you places, but I was just wondering if you ever contemplated changing a tact of some way. I mean, I guess I've thought about the fact that someone can do other things. I mean, I don't actually feel like I can really change to a degree. Uh, One, because I am following the orders of the party gods, and I really would never, never go against that. Uh Um, You know, I'd be very disrespectful. That's how I've gotten to do everything I've gotten to do. So I really do want to fulfill and live up to my promises on one hand. And then the, the other part, which makes it easy, is that I really love it like this. I mean, 
it kind of goes back to water again. It's like, can you really, do you need to reinvent water? Yeah. Uh, if you enjoy drinking it, do you need to reinvent the feeling of an orgasm if you really enjoy feeling it? I mean, mm-hmm. it's some things, they just feel the way that you want them to feel, and you just want more of it and more of it and keep it going. So to me, the, the, like, there's nothing I could add to this. It already incorporates everything about my f- wildest dreams yeah. that I could ever do, and I'm thankful that it's that large where I don't really know what more I could expand into it. Uh, I just want to keep doing it. That's my main goal, not yeah. reinvent it, just... Keep it rolling like the wheel. The wheel yeah. is good as it is. It doesn't need to be reinvented. That's very true. That's very true. Good point. Um, you're very prominent on uh, social media. Um, you pass on lots of life advice, partying advice. Um, you reply to a lot of your fans as well, which is um, kind of you know unique in the in the place of the way you are. A lot of people have their own um, people that do their social media. Um, how do you balance it all out? How do you? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because it can consume a lot of time. Well, sure. Uh, and thanks for asking about this. I mean, I really like, I, I've always just liked it. It was something I liked personally from before I even had my own website. I liked the computer. I was of the age, you know, probably like you, where I remember a time when we didn't really have computers around. Yeah. And if we did, they were very primitive. So I remember the first time one of my friends got the Internet, and we just couldn't believe that the computer now was sort of alive in this way. I mean, and nothing else really existed. It wasn't like TV. It wasn't like the phone. It was sort of this whole different thing that we could be in control of. It was sort of like being in control of a TV in a way. Uh, I mean, just the idea that you could get sports scores. I remember that was what we were so fascinated by (laughs) on the computer. It was all very primitive. And then, I mean, holy smokes, email and chat rooms. It it took many weeks for me to even really understand what that meant, what that was, what was happening. So I really was just, you know, personally excited about all that as a as a human being being alive uh, in the midst of technological advances. So by the time that uh, things like you know, quote unquote, social media, that was just like an extension of that same spirit. I already liked this idea that things are happening in this machine all around the world. And I get to, it's like a party basically. Yeah. It was like a party. Like this is a party machine. I get to interact with people all over the world in real time. And I, and it it counts. That's the thing. People say like, Oh, for so many people complain about how no legitimate art has ever been made on Twitter. No legitimate communication has ever happened over a computer. Now, with all that being said, I, everyone's entitled to, of course, their own opinions, but also their own aesthetics. Yeah. Some people, it doesn't make sense. They're not into that kind of partying. They want a more you know, withdrawn or solitary aesthetic. And I, I fully believe in that, actually. I actually really like that as well. But for me and my party philosophy, this was like a dream come true. It was like it was invented for what I'm interested in. Uh, so it was just like a no-brainer. That's what I do for fun. To me, it's not a task. Uh, it gives me energy when I get to go on and see other like-minded people who are excited about the same stuff, and we're cheering each other on, we're pumping each other up. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like a great thrill to me. Um, so it's, it, I feel like a privilege that there's anyone there that wants to party with me and that we have this tool, this great machine, this extension of the party spirit called the computer to facilitate it. Cool, cool. Um, well, I'm going to finish off with a few questions uh, from my listeners. Okay. Um, if that's all right. Um, yes. Yeah, I've got uh, one from Brian, who's uh, from Brandon, just okay. down the road. Uh, did you really hit yourself in the face with a brick for the cover of I Get Wet? Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> although, unfortunately, that's not, it didn't really cause enough blood. 
Um, I thought having broken my nose many times since then and gotten bloody noses and having gotten bloody noses for no particular reason when I was a child, I thought, well, this will not be that hard. But the body has a weird way of fighting back, so it didn't actually gush blood like I had envisioned from those initial impacts, uh, self-inflicted impacts. Mm. And, of course, the pain was extremely severe, (laughs) and I I really couldn't really bring myself – I'm not proud of this, but I just didn't have the – the, the inner strength to hit myself again yeah. after the initial one. So then I, um, I added the blood of a pig. So I'm thankful okay. to the animal that for sacrificing <laughs> itself. I mean, it was already dead. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I guess we're putting the rest of its blood to good use. Yes. So just down the yeah. drain. <laughs> okay, I got one from Tara. Uh, she's from Guildford in the UK. Oh, nice. Um, have you ever had a night where you've just thought, nah, and went to bed early with a cup of tea and a good book? Well, see, there's this, I wouldn't say it's a a misconception, but there's a lot of people I've talked to that somehow think, for example, that reading a book or drinking tea isn't partying. It is. Going to bed early even counts as partying. It's about doing what you enjoy doing and and, and really being excited about it. That's partying. Mm. Cool. Uh, I've got one from Jessica, who's in Tampa as well, in Florida. Uh, What Hogwarts house do you think uh, the sorting hat would put you in and why? I would hope Slytherin, because uh, that would be my guess. Cool. Okay. Uh, last question um, from Rich in Andover in England. Yes. Um, is it possible to party too hard? I would say only to the extent that you don't die. Like, if you party too hard and die, that might have been, that might be too hard. But even then, who knows? Because we don't know what happens after death. That could be, like, the biggest party of all. Well, thank you, Andrew, for your time. Thank you very much. um, Excellent questions. And uh, enjoy your show tonight and have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. So as we come to the end of another podcast, that was Andrew WK. And what an absolute pleasure it was to meet him. Um, Like I said, I've been a fan of his music for many, many years. And he's a top guy. Um, Can't fault him. So yeah, uh, so until next time, this is DJ Force X out.